Did you know that the average tenure for people in C-suite executive roles is 4.9 years, according to a Corn Ferry report? The average age is 56 for C-suite leaders, and for CEOs, it's a little higher, age 59. But regardless of your age or leadership experience, it's time for you to get serious about taking charge of your career and doing what you need to do to thrive in the gig economy. Change is happening fast. Don't be blindsided. Stay tuned. Welcome to CEO on the Go, the show about personal and professional growth for busy leaders like you. I'm Gail Lance, and I'm here to help you think differently, solve big problems, and inspire change. It's tough to do on your own and even with a team, but it is possible. So let's get started. Welcome back to CEO on the go. This is episode 133, by the way, the third one into the new year. Just a recap of the last couple of episodes. I kickstarted the year with a great conversation with NASA program manager, Mike Chinelli, talking about lessons learned, looking at your past and how to learn from failure. Then I followed that with a solo episode to help you move forward when you feel like you've stalled out, when you can't launch yourself, so to speak, which is not uncommon at the beginning of the year. So today, I'm shifting focus to the future to help you get ready for whatever is next for you personally in your own career. It's likely when you think about career or career development, you often think about young people who are new in their roles, or recent graduates, or even people who've had a few years of experience, but you don't often hear career growth, career planning and development associated with CEOs or senior executives. There's a lot out there on leadership development or executive development, but just not quite as much on career development. Change is happening fast. I know that you know that. It seems trite to say it, but it's so true. And the implications for executives is serious as it relates to their own careers. And I'm sure given your level and visibility, it makes it even more challenging if you're trying to look for another role or a job or shift your role even within your organization It's tough to be public about your aspirations, even if you're just exploring what could be different or better or more expansive or more fulfilling in your current role. Now, progressive organizations encourage and challenge their executives to continue their own growth and learning in their careers, to leverage their talent and expand their impact. But even if you're not in an organization that does that, I would argue you need to challenge yourself which you're already doing simply by listening to this episode. So that's the good news. Recently, I've had the opportunity to work with a progressive, large global organization that wants to help bring out the best in their most senior executives and help them explore this issue. So I'm excited to work with them. And as I record this episode, I'm preparing to lead a special session for a small group of very senior level executives. More specifically, we're talking about the idea of being a gigger how to thrive in the gig economy. Part of the inspiration for that session was a TEDx talk by Patricia Romboletti called The Gig Economy. And I'll um, drop a link to that in the show notes for this episode. She made a fantastic case for executives to pay attention to this issue, to disrupt themselves and be more like a gigger. 
Of course, a lot has to do with the accelerated disruption and the speed of change in different organizations and industries. And as she stated in her talk, I thought this was an interesting statistic. She said in 1965, the average longevity for a company in the S&P 500 was 33 years. In 1990, it was 20 years. And in 2027, it's, it's expected to be just 12 years. So there's clearly a lot going on externally that's driving the need for executives to be more proactive about directing or managing their careers. But in this episode, I'd like to focus more on the internal issues and acknowledge some of the personal factors that I believe affect an executive's desire or even ability to be successful in navigating the gig economy. So I have I have just six to share today. I, there are more, but I, I've just focused on six. And they are the stage of life, your level of self-awareness, your degree of self-esteem, the power of your imagination, your level of optimism, and the conviction to something you care strongly about. So I'll, I'll share a few comments about each of those. Um, the first one, stage of life. This is so important to acknowledge. Are you in a stage of your life where you want to focus more on family or other interests, or perhaps you're in a new relationship or getting married, or getting divorced, or caring for a loved one, or maybe you're experiencing some kind of personal illness, or you may be wanting to travel more or not travel as much. So maybe you want to be involved in more outside activities or causes. So it's important to acknowledge where you are in your stage of life, because often you get advice with people telling you what they think you should be doing. But to acknowledge where you are and to know where you stand in terms of just where you are and what you want out of your life is such a critical starting point. And as a variation of this concept, you might ask, what season you're in. You know, we all go through different seasons throughout our lives. So do you feel like you want to hibernate, maybe be more isolated or cocoon a little bit more in winter season? Or are you more like spring where you're ready for new growth and new learning? Even though I love learning new things, sometimes I get to a point where I need a break and I know I can't take in anything new at the moment. I just need rest. So consider the state of life you're in so that your next move makes sense in that context. Number two, your level of self-awareness. Now, this is part of emotional intelligence. How much self-awareness do you have? You know, the higher level your role, typically the less candid feedback you get. People tend to tell you what they think you want to hear. And of course, we all have our blind spots, but some people just seem to lack the self-awareness that they need to make important decisions and move themselves forward. They're the ones having a conversation on their phone or on speaker on a plane, kind of clueless that other people around them don't want to hear their conversation. Or maybe you know people who are constant complainers. I know you're not one of those. Um, maybe they're overly critical Maybe people who gossip or who don't listen well. There are some leaders who don't show respect when they communicate. It may simply be a matter of, of lacking awareness about that. They don't understand the negative impact that they have when they communicate. So knowing when you're at your best and your worst, having that self-awareness is important. Be become more aware of how other people see you. Ask for feedback if you need it so that you know the strengths that you have and possible areas that you might want to develop. One impressive CEO I had the opportunity to work with proactively asked other leaders in the organization for feedback. I was involved on a special project with that. He wanted to get clarity 
Um, and not all CEOs do that. In fact, you know, most of the feedback he got was quite positive. It's the ones that aren't asking for feedback <laughs> that often uh, need that feedback even more. You can be self-aware in a positive sense too. For example, when you know that you're at your best, I know that I'm in my at my best when I've had more sleep. <laughs> be careful that you don't have a false sense of yourself. Many people have a false sense of themselves thinking that they are who they might be portraying themselves to be. Maybe the image that they project in their company. We could go deeper here, but you get the idea. Think about how self-aware you are. And then number three is the degree of self-esteem. And and that's different from self-confidence. You can be confident in one area of your life, but still lack self-esteem. When we talk about self-esteem, it's what we think about ourselves and how we value ourselves. Are you able to withstand some of the uneasiness or, you know, getting feedback that might sting? You have to be comfortable in your own skin. There will be some self-doubt that creeps in, especially if you're thinking about or being asked to make some kind of change or pursue a new opportunity or challenge of some kind. So you've got to really be grounded in who you truly are. You can build your self-esteem if you need to by developing more positive relationships, avoiding that perfectionism that so many people have, focusing on what you can change and not worrying about what you can't. There are other ways too. I even think exercise helps to build your self-esteem. Of course, I think exercise helps just about every aspect of your life. Number four is the power of your imagination. You've got to exercise your imagination to generate new possibilities for yourself. Don't be limited by what currently exists. You know, one external factor to consider are trends. So you have to be able to imagine what's possible for yourself in terms of where things are going, not just saying, well, there are no positions or no openings now, you know, based on what's currently available. Allow yourself to generate imaginative ideas that may not even seem logical or possible at first. So play the what if game, and I'll help you start that here. Here's some questions to play around with. What if you could use more of your natural strengths that you truly enjoy using to make an even greater impact? What could that look like? What if you could learn something new that you've been wanting to learn for a long time that would be really energizing to you? What might that be? What if you could put your own dream team together? What would you all achieve? You know, what new gig would you create within your own organization? What could that impact be? What if money were no object? What would you want to do regardless of the money that you make? What if you could not fail? What could be possible? That reminds me of one of my favorite Jana Stanfield songs called If I Were Brave, where she asks, what would you do if you knew you could not fail? It's a great question. You can create your own what if questions. And now in your leadership role, it's likely you're used to using more of your left brain, your logical thinking, but you've got to use your whole brain when it comes to thinking about your future. Let yourself entertain crazy ideas about your role or the impact you think you can make. Your organization just may need those ideas. Number five is the level of optimism that you have. Do you think that you will be successful in finding or creating the next gig for yourself? I believe if you doubt it, the process will be much more challenging for you. There's a lot of research out there on the power of optimism and how it affects your ability to achieve what you want. You know, the whole uh, body of work around positive psychology, what you think about, you bring about. In my work with executives who've gone through some kind of career change within or outside their organization or some significant growth opportunity, um, I see the ones that are optimistic have been able to navigate that path most successfully. 
So check your level of optimism. Keep growing that belief that it is possible. And finally, number six, the conviction to something that you care strongly about now. And I include the word now because over time, what you care strongly about may may change. You know, you're not the same person that you were five or 10 years ago. So think about a cause that matters to you now, maybe a change or an improvement you want to help lead in your organization. Maybe you feel strongly that you want to work in a new way. You know, it's not unusual for senior executives who've been in their role for many years to want to take on more of a mentoring type of role to give back, help others grow. Maybe you want to write that book, something I'm working on. Again, if you do, what would your book be about? What's that core message? Maybe you want to do more public speaking. What are the issues you'd want to discuss? Financial, people issues, technology, innovation, marketing, DEI, community partnerships, um, moving through change. What, what is it that you would care most about? Speaking of change, as I said at the beginning, things are happening fast. The world is changing. Organizations are changing. The disruption will continue. And that means more opportunity for you if you choose to see it that way. So pay attention to what's going on around you and inside you. Embrace the idea of being a gigger. Gigging equals growth. And that's good for you and your organization. Thanks for listening today. Stay tuned for my next episode, which is on the topic of dealing with complacency. Of course, as a gigger, I know you're not complacent, but you may know other people who are. I'll have a conversation with an expert on that topic that I know you'll enjoy. In the meantime, I hope you have a great rest of the week, figuring out your next gig and doing the work that matters to you. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, be sure to share this episode with someone else who might benefit or leave a review. You can join my email list by going to workmatters.com so you don't miss an episode. And there you can learn more about ways we serve mission-driven leaders like you. If there's a challenge you want to discuss, I'd love to hear from you. In the meantime, keep growing as a leader, inspiring change, and doing the work that matters to you.